Gorilla Healer presents Farms Not Farms podcast, season two, sponsored by BuildTheSoil.com. Hold up. Wait. We want to thank you for listening to the Farms Not Farms podcast presented by Gorilla Healer by giving you a 20% off discount code to GorillaHealer.org. Use code SEASON2 when you check out at GorillaHealer.org off any item not currently on sale. And also, be sure to check out BuildTheSoil.com, our Farms Not Farms podcast sponsor, for all of your organic soil amendment needs. BuildTheSoil.com, the Internet's number one spot for your organic soil amendments. Back to the podcast. Welcome to the Farms Not Farms podcast. Uh, we're here with a very special guest today, and I would love for you to introduce yourself if you'd be so kind, and uh, then we'll get into it. Hello, greetings and welcome. Brigitte Mars. I live in Boulder, Colorado. I am the author of 14 books on natural health and medicine, including uh, Natural First Aid, Addiction Free Naturally, uh, The Country Almanac of Home Remedies. I teach herbal medicine at Naropa University. I'm a psychedelic sitter and an end-of-life doula and an advocate for uh, clean earth. So I do a lot of things. I have a lot of energy. It seems so. It seems so. I have keep hearing your name and, you know, in so many different circles and from the cannabis hemp circle mm -hmm. to the festival scene of being a speaker and a workshop giver and somebody who, you know, I, I hear that you're basically the local fairy Aww. who uh, who sprinkles love everywhere she goes. <laughs> and so you. I'm just honored to be here with you today Thank and you. spend some time with you here in person, actually. This is the first season two or ever Farms Not Farms podcast in person. So oh, quite I'm an so honor. Honored. I'm so honored. And I'm also the mother of Rainbow Mars, who's quite a um, activist. Tell us and, about her. Well, Rainbow Mars um, has been an international model. She's the author of the 21 Day Superstar Cleanse. And she's uh, an activist for a healthier world because she's helping get her neighborhood in Venice, California to create edible lawns. She was on Good Morning America for wow. Beverly Hills Mom Gives Out Worms for Halloween mm. with soil and compost wow. and seeds. You know, little <laughs> scandals like that that are really about raising awareness. And, I love it. Yeah, but anyways, um, and Sunflower Sparkle Mars. So I'm definitely a child of the 60s and a great advocate of uh, natural medicine and farms. And uh, But I also know a lot about herbal pharmacy, getting our medicine from plants, mm. so like dandelion. Yeah, so you, one of the things that drew me to you um, initially was the fact that you were doing an herb walk. And yes. to tell us about your herb walks, if you'd be so kind. Well, an herb walk is where you walk with a, by yourself or with a group of people. And you look at all the plants that are growing around you. And unfortunately, people think that a lot of these things are weeds. But the plants that grow easily without adversity, like dandelion and chickweed and purslane and lamb's quarter, those plants are avatars, they survive adversity. Mm. And so I feel strongly, well, so I'll walk around 
the, the block or in the mountains or the foothills or Germany or South America. I've given herb walks all around the world to show people all the plants that are edible and medicinal that are growing around them so that they'll no longer say, uh, uh, you know, Emerson said a weed is an herb whose virtue has not yet been recognized. So things that we call weeds are usually the ancestors of our cultivated plants. Mm. Like people will rip lamb's quarter out of the yard and then drive to the store and use gasoline to buy spinach from another continent. You know, when they have wild spinach in their yard, but we've been bamboozled to think that the weeds wow. are something that like poor people would use before the turn of the last century or something. And so this quest to be uh, elegant and proper and bourgeois was to have very manicured lawns that yeah. were just suitable for croquet and badminton. And so if you had like, you know, salad garden, it meant that, you know, you, your servants didn't go to the market or the doctor didn't bring you leeches. So in any case, uh, by eating more wild plants, it's going to make us stronger and more Jedi because those are the plants that survive adversity. Mm. So, you know, here's another way that farms could even increase their profit to sell uh, in organic and farmers market places. Um, the things that come up as weeds, like the purslane and the lamb's quarter and the chickweed, like rather than like, oh, rip them out, they're bad, like harvest them and either put them in tonight's salad or juice or, you know, turn your friends on to them or sell them. Yeah, a lot of farms I notice use plastic to create rows that are covered in order to uh, keep moisture in, though I also hear about cover crops, whereas leaving those, many of those weeds in or, or, or perhaps even planting certain ones that are beneficial um, work in symbiosis. You want to tell us about that at all? Well, you know, plants and humans are have a symbiotic relationship. The plants give off oxygen and the plants purify the carbon dioxide and the carbon monoxide. But um, so the symbiotic relationship we, we have with the plants is that they grow in the earth's, you know, realm and they transform all the nutrients in the earth so that our bodies can utilize them. And, uh, you know, I, I love this word like farms, not farms, because, um, you know, around 1900, about 80% of all drugs were made from plants. Mm. And it was a, a lot less expensive to either synthesize what was believed to be the active ingredient or to have a special secret patent process. But there's, um, I, you know, I'm here to remind people that the weeds that grow and survive adversity can help us adapt mm. to, you know, because no one really like usually plants the dandelions or the chickweed. They survive the frost. They're up a month earlier than your lettuce. So because we're going to have to survive in things like you know, chemtrails and 5G towers and all these things, radiation, all these things that, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have to adapt and these plants adapt. Mm. So, and cannabis would be another certainly great example because it grows on um, every continent except Antarctica thus far. And it does come up wild um, very easily. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen plants that came, we call them volunteer plants, if they came up from a different season, or just let's say dormant seeds in the ground or whatever, and they've come up 
you know, super early. They've been snowed on and lived because their tap roots mm -hmm. go super far down and they don't freeze. Yes. And um, it's it, that lets you know right then and there, that's a strong plant. Mm -hmm. And if it's a strong plant, it's going to have good nutrients, which is something that we want. One of the things that a lot of people don't talk about, Brigitte, is that when we go shopping, food shopping, that most of the foods that we're, that we're seeing on the shelves are past their point of optimal nutrition being mm -hmm. delivered to us. And mm -hmm. so there's something called the refractometer that Alan Atkinson from Probiotic Farmers Alliance, who we interviewed in the first mm -hmm. season, told me about. And it measures the nutrient density mm -hmm. of food, otherwise known as the BRICS count. And so mm -hmm. what do, you, do, you, do you know much about um, what we're talking about? Well, I... I, I'm going to tell you what I do know, how I grok that, which means how I really integrate in the core of my being. It's not about a number and a scale. It's that the plants that survive adversity like frost and drought mm. and not being watered or mulched or weeded are have a tendency to adapt and acclimate so it's not survival of the fittest it's survival of the most adaptable and so i feel that there's a special new thing so what you were saying about most things that we eat even if it's from an organic market or in the ground maybe two to six weeks earlier so their chi is depleted the life force the vitality but when we could make a salad from something right outside our yard and be eating it five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour later, you can't buy that at the store. Mm. And again, I do grow living foods, living foods vitality. And so uh, I feel like right now, um, springtime, the dandelions are coming up. And why would I go buy lettuce when dandelions were one of the sprouts? I grow those in the winter, broccoli so sprouts. What's coming up first, excuse me for interrupting, mm -hmm. what's coming up first can we even get dandelion sprouts or we just get dandelion smalls, which are the leaves before they come up? Or how do you harvest the dandelion? Well, all this week I've been collecting the leaves uh, and uh, making salad. I made spanakopita. I made uh, dandelion lasagna the other so night. So that's the flower. The leaves are the base. The, the base. They grow in a basil rosette. And then the flowers are high in lutein, which you can buy at the health food store. But lutein is really good for your eyes. Would you eat this in a salad as well? Um, I might put them on top of the salad. I made a dandelion loaf this week. So we could save thousands of dollars and thousands of, you know, uh, hours <laughs> and save our health and imbibe more fresh chi if we learn to eat the weeds. And this is really important. Uh, Americans are currently using 30% of our nation's water to water grass. Mm. And grass is not a crop that most people eat. Um, Therefore, that is a lot of waste of water. And, you know, proverb I always like to remind people of, I read it when I was a teenager, and it said, if you have water to throw away, throw it on a plant. And so, so much water gets wasted. We need to rethink how we use water, but all that water to wa watercress, that wasn't crazy enough. Then they buy gasoline to mow the grass down and then put the grass in plastic bags and create garbage. And so at least, you know, the grass could be left on the ground. Now, I realize that a lot of people live in apartments and homeowners associations, and they feel like, oh, well, we have to do this because the homeowners association. So this is an opportunity for community activism where you get your neighbors to say, we'd really not, we'd really rather not have pesticides sprayed signs all over for our children and our pets or the barefoot possibility. 
out there? Um, and then could we have a community garden? And if you're going to plant flowers and trees, why not plant something edible, like a plum tree or an apple tree or something that grows in your area? And another possibility is, let's say you want low growing something for the frisbee throwing or whatever picnicking grow something like white clover Clovers, yeah. yeah like white or dutch clover um because even like at three inches it'll produce a little flower and the bees can collect nectar from that mm, and you can still walk on it have mm -hmm. nice pillowy ground mm -hmm. and that's that's really you know sound wisdom and it, it you know it's so important i believe for this information this message to be getting out here because you know when when i go to hawaii and one of the my favorite things about hawaii is that everywhere you go you find fresh fruit mm -hmm. you know and when you think about it it's like when we're home we don't really have food everywhere though the moment brigitte and i went into the backyard <laughs> she goes there's food everywhere and who thinks that when you look at your lawn, you think, okay, I got to pluck these weeds. I got to keep this lawn going so that I seem like a respectable person. Now, what's a respectable person? To me, a respectable person might be somebody that takes care of ourselves in an intelligent way and takes care of other people in a, in a kind, compassionate, and an intelligent way. And with that being said, to think about the fact that I have the ability to save so much money. To, I mean, yes. Let's be honest, there's a lot of jobs associated in society with all of the channels of, of points of contact, right? And created in these industries for the plastic bags, to the factories, to, to the, the gas, gas, oil and gas, which is a humongous pesticides, industry, you know, pesticides is a huge industry created yeah. by humongous companies you know, um, that have been, you know, that have also produced weapons for this country. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're big companies. And my, my best um, mindful thinking says that we have integrated pest management systems that are, that are multiversally beneficial and that will be um, contributory rather than taking. If you've ever read the book Ishmael, there's takers and mm -hmm. leavers. Mm -hmm. And so rather than taking everything from our world, we have the ability to literally just give back with everything because we're so grateful to be here. And that means leave footprints and take photos. And everyone can be composting. Too. Mm. I live right downtown Boulder and we have two compost bins going and throw the water left over from our sink into um, like the raspberry bushes or the mint because anything you grow is going to help oxygenate the air and you, again you're going to get that vitality you save time you save gas you don't need to go to the store to buy the salad greens and you you really build your health. And you know there's this principle in uh, herbal medicine that plants often tell us what they're good for by the way they look and by the way they grow it's called the doctrine of signatures and it's like well beets build your blood and blueberries are good for your eyes and cauliflower is good for your brain and um seaweed is good for your hair you know stuff like that and so if you think about the wild plants uh the fact that they survive all the ways people try to kill them with the pesticides um, you have to give them credit. Now, granted, we don't want to eat pesticided plants. Mm. So just another way of thinking, like how uh, we can create more food for more people on the planet using less water. So I do have an article online called Get Off Your Grass and Cre <laughs> Create an Edible Lawn. 
So, um, and then uh, there's a little film um, that maybe I can get to show you called uh, Long Gone, the Justin Bellana Siri film about, you know, you know, and lawnmowers are noisy and leaf blowers and mm. weed whackers. Like, don't you dislike it when like you're trying to take a nap or get a massage or study yeah. or make love and like, <laughs> it must scare the, the fairies and the butterflies and the birds like, ah, who wants to habitate there? It's kind of- Let alone the fact that the leaves and the sticks, it's all mulch for the soil and the ground. And when you take care of plants, you know that the, 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 the main thing that we need to be doing is taking care of the soil, mm -hmm. which takes care of the plants, which takes care of us. So if we're eating strong plants that are living through all mm -hmm. of these conditions, it's safe to say that they're very nutritious, they're mm -hmm. very healthy, and they'll do serve us well to have living enzymes from these strong plants. And that is the level up in this consideration and in this episode, I believe, mm -hmm. to know that how, how empowered we are, that we have food right in our backyards. We have different foods in different backyards in different areas of the country. And we have the mm -hmm. ability to establish you know, our own network of communication, which can lead to other forms of uh, uh, networks that allow us to trade with one another and say, hey, you know, I have a lot of this in my yard. You have a lot of that in your, your yard. It seems like they'll benefit both of us. What are we going to do about it? And, you know, one plant that people like, oh, I worked all morning long in the hot sun, uh, pulling a purslane. And I'll say, that was Gandhi's favorite food. It's really high in omega-3 fatty acids, which is hard to come by in vegetable plants. Mm. Um, although cannabis seed, hemp seed does contain omega-3 fatty acids. So it's just a new way of thinking to um, whatever plot of land we have, even if it's like our balcony or our porch, or like really, like we need to be taking over the sidewalks. Not only planting hemp seed everywhere, but planting edible fruit trees that bear plums and apricots and, and uh, ap plums, just like in Europe, you see like apple trees, crab apple trees, hawthorn, instead of putting up fences, make hedges of edible and medicinal plants like elderberry and hawthorn. Um, so rather than looking for the Garden of Eden, like we need to be recreating Eden as best we can with whatever we have. And it could be kitchen gardening. It could be that we're gonna grow sprouts in our kitchen or broccoli. I love to grow broccoli sprouts. They're a great anti-cancer food. And you know, when we think about children and the future of the planet, like one of the best things we can do is teach them to know how to grow things, to see mm. that miracle of life, to know what to eat in an emergency. Mm. Like a lot of people don't know what to eat in an emergency. And we were talking, I lived in a teepee, you know, and I ate wild edible plants for two and a half years. And Rainbow was born in the teepee, you mm. know, without a doctor or midwife. Wow. So I felt like those those plants made me hearty and strong. Indeed. Speaking of hearty and strong, I feel like it's time for a little water break. Okay. What do you think? Sure. All right. Would you like some water? Surely. Okay. Merci. I have my cup right here. Allow me. Blessed be. Thank you. You're welcome. To life. Mahan. May you never thirst. Mm. Or go hungry. 
And with this information here today, you won't, thanks to Brigitte Marks with Wild Crafted Foods. And that's what I was talking about earlier with your wild, with your wild walks, your um, herb walks, to know how to take a hike in the woods and to feed yourself if you ever need to. And um, so how, how does somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to join you on one of your walks or in one of your workshops or anything at all? Well, I'm BrigitteMars.com and you just have to spell it the French way, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E, Mars, like the planet. Mm. And you're on social media as well. Uh, yes. On uh... Instagram, Twitter, mo mostly uh, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook fan page. Awesome. Yeah. And I wrote a book called Rossum. <laughs> and I wrote a hemp cookbook with uh, Richard Rose, our friend. Oh. Yeah, uh, the Hemp Not Healthy Cookbook. Yeah, we're way ahead of our time. Wow. So, first of all, shout out to Richard Rose. We have a podcast episode in this season with the wonderful Richard Rose. So, stay tuned for that. Would you tell us a little bit about your book? And, and we, we, we spoke a little bit now about your, your walks and your garden to create the Garden of Eden so that we could be eating in the garden. And, um, you know, now I want to hear a little bit about your background in hemp, if you would be so kind, and how you're connected with Richard Rose and that world. Oh, super. Well, uh, can, as an herbalist, cannabis and I go back a long ways. And uh, I, you know, I've been presenting a podcast called Out on a Limb, Cannabis is the Tree of Life. Mm. And so I... I love learning about the spiritual history and traditions of all plants. But, you know, when I heard of an, a plant like the tree of life, that uh, the leaves shall be for the healing of the nations. And I think of all the uses that cannabis has mm -hmm. that, you know, we all know this uh, food, fabric, fiber, fuel, plastic, paint, medicine. We juice the leaves, mm -hmm. juicing the leaves. Now that Incredible. is a super thing and you don't have to cook them. And it's not psychoactive. Like my grandkids like to drink the leaves with apple and Indeed. lemon and, and it's so nourishing. You can freeze it as ice cubes mm -hmm. and it's really great for, great for storage and add to smoothies. It's so healthy. And the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body. So, um, you know, girl. <laughs> I could, you know, and I do, you know, I read this book called the Urantia book, which claims to be written by celestial beings and brought here to uplift the evolution of the planet. And, okay, so hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Let's spell that so that okay, if anybody's yes. intrigued. Yes, if you were interested in like, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> what happens after this time on earth? And is there life on other worlds? It's called Urantia, U-R-A-N-T-I-A, -A, which is said to be the name of our planet. And I've been reading this book since I was 19. And huh. it's one of the reasons I came to Boulder, because I heard that people at Celestial Seasonings read the Urantia book. And so, well, unfortunately, they're killing prairie dogs left and right. <laughs> yeah, but that they're not, they're different people in charge now. Indeed. Yeah. Shout but, out to the prairie dogs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in any case, the Urantia book says that uh, a group of extraterrestrials brought the tree of life with them about half a million years ago after, there were, after there were already cave people here. And the tree of life was going to help them be immortal. And it was also going to help them civilize humanity. So what other plant would have, you know, helped them do weaving and make sandals and paper and, you know, all these things that could help civilization. So I met Richard Rose at um, a natural products expo and he had a hemp company, was making hemp cheese, hemp and we became friends and 
wrote a, a book together called The Not Helping Cookbook. And so while researching that book, I really got to explore the, not only the nutritional benefits of cannabis, but also the history of it. And then, you know, I've been reading this book, the Urantia book, and I fancy myself sort of a, a scholar, appreciate one who appreciates all world religions. My father was Jewish, my mother was Catholic, my um, I teach at a Buddhist university, I do yoga and kirtan, you know, I like all, I love all the ways that people are worshipful, but I do see that uh, cannabis could very possibly be the tree of life because I do see it as a peacemaking agent mm. and literally hemp can save the world. All of our environmental problems right now, if we were to put our heads and hearts together, hemp could help a whole lot. I agree. And, you know, uh, Dr. Bob says that those of us who are um, cannabinoid content or, 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 or you know, who we, we have a stable cannabinoid count in our body, our body's endocannabinoid system is working optimally, then we're content. And those of us who have an endocannabinoid deficiency are living in fear mm -hmm. and we have more anxiety or we have more stress mm -hmm. or we have more all these other things that are, is just a completely different way of looking at the world and receiving information ultimately mm -hmm. and uh you know i know for me that when i'm you know um feeling stable right mm -hmm. let's just take cannabis out of the this particular box for the moment when i'm feeling stable and i'm feeling complete then i'm feeling content and i'm not looking to control anybody else i'm just mm -hmm. taking care of myself us, you know, and, and God willing, that's the same way it is for, for many others, though I imagine that our diet or, or lack thereof healthy diet leads us to feeling less connected with ourselves, mm. which feels less connected with ourselves, which feels less connected with our DNA, which feels less connected with our energetic spirit, which feels mm. less connected with each other, in which case we stop caring so much, in which case we stop caring so much about each other. And that's why we are the solution, because we are the light that we bring into this world and, and, and I feel that as though we can illuminate ourselves, then in that glow and we inspire each other. When I see you, when I see you crushing it, I, I wanna crush it too, you know? And so that way we're energetic beings that mirror each other and mimic each other. And we have the ability to, um, to all glow and through healthy diet, through eating, living, living enzymes and living foods and mm -hmm. feeling great and, and taking care of our surroundings and each other, we just feel better. You know, this dance of life is better with a smile. Would you agree? Absolutely. So I, I feel like maybe we should take a little walk and see what's living around here and uh, and, and perhaps uh, show you guys a thing or two and, 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 and a little bit about what this magical woman here knows and how to live in the world and, 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 and not just have to uh, subscribe to what's in the supermarket when you know, sometimes we might not be able to. So uh, what do you say? You want to take a walk? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Farms Not Farms podcast brought to you by Gorilla Healer. If you want to watch the full episode with behind the scenes footage, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash burntmd and subscribe to the Farms Not Farms podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts. And definitely check out our sponsor at buildasoil.com, the Internet's number one spot for organic soil amendments. And as always, be well. <laughs>